Hi, I'm Neil Ronahan, and welcome to Nintendo World Report's Weander Years, episode 2007. Uh, it's not the 2007th episode, it's actually the second episode, but it's about the year 2007. Uh, really, it's it's the entire Weander Years series, if you for some reason skip the first episode, is a look back on the decade of Wii that Nintendo had from the Wii to the Wii U, and now as, as we're living in a world where the Nintendo switches out, the Wii name is essentially dead. So we're going to look back and celebrate it. Uh, joining me for this episode are Adam Abu Nasser. Uh, I definitely prepared for Persona 5 episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, that came out after the Wii, but maybe we can make it work. Um, I think Atlas Atlas released games for the Wii. Oh my god. Yeah, they, yeah. Were pretty, they were pretty good games. Weird ass games. Uh, also joining me is Matt West. Hey. So uh, I, I've not played Persona Five, so I'm not ready to talk about that. Neither, neither have I. And, and no, deep, deep dark secret. I'm, I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. Um, wonderful. I, I, it I, probably is. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But on to the task at hand. Let's let's go back in a in a world where Persona Five was still meant to come out in winter 2014. In, in let's a go world back before Persona Four. Yeah, in a world before, right before Persona 4, because that was 2008, wasn't it? I think so. Crazy, crazy yeah. to think a PS2 game came out in 2008. Uh, the best PS2 game. And the game. best yeah. one. <laughs> but uh, let, let's go back to 2007. And around 2007, uh, to my understanding, you guys both got Wii's in that year. So how about... Uh, uh, sort of. Okay. All and right, I, then. I got then my... Do tell, Matt. My do own. tell. Uh, yeah, so we actually... my family like me and my brothers and my parents we got a Wii in 2006 like right before Christmas uh, so we were lucky enough to so get you one. Found one you found one in the era where they were impossible to find uh, I guess my I think a family I think a family member found it because I think I think like my aunt found it and she was like buying one for like her kids and she also like called my mom and was like, "Hey, do your kids want it?" And my mom was like, "Yeah." So she bought two, and my mom like paid her back for it, and then gave it to us as a Christmas present. That's actually I have a um, I have a similar similar story as that as well, except for it was because I I waited out. I, I talked about it on the last episode, but I waited out on on launch day outside of a Target. Um, but I had a friend of mine was kind of on the fence about getting one, and then his dad got in contact with me and was like, "Hey, if you find a week, can you can you buy it for him?" Yeah. Um, so then I found one at a Best Buy one day, and I and I bought it. This was probably around the same time, probably early December. Yeah, so it was a really cool surprise because I really didn't think we were, you know, going to get one for a while because they were sold out everywhere. And uh, so I think it was like two days before Christmas, my mom, like, or we were at my grandma's. We do this thing with my grandma every year for Christmas. And uh, that was, like, they, they brought out the Wii, and we opened it, and, we we only had Wii Sports that night, um, and then uh, I think I got Twilight Princess for Christmas uh, on Christmas Day. So we we got a ton of other games too, like Rayman Raving Rabbids, and uh, a lot of the games that you guys talked about last time. I got Madden 07 for it. Uh, <laughs> I got I can't remember what else, uh, but we had we had like five or six of the launch window games. Um, cool. But how about you, Adam? What's what's oh. Oh no! Did I, was I, did I say, jump the gun? Oh, there, there's more. Yeah, well, I was I was going to explain. Like, technically, I got my own Wii 
in like May of 2007. Okay. So, so in the middle of this year that we're about to discuss. Yeah. So Adam, what's your tale of Wii acquisition? Um, well, I also got two Wiis in 2007. Uh, but first, we're going to go back to a wonderful time called 2006. Uh, my brother graduated high school, my older brother, in 2006. And, you know, like one does, he moved into a house with all of his bros. And then, you know, like one does, they had a sketchy bro over one day who just happened to have a, a slightly banged up Wii with some random games for sale. Oh, um, that he stole? Who knows? Fell off the back of a truck? Who knows? It was I think the statute of limitations on that might be up, so... Yeah, it was a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, but my brother bought that, so I got to play the Wii uh, pretty close to launch, but he didn't live at our house anymore, so I would have to, like, go over to their, you know, their out-of-high-school <coughs> party house and try and, like, play Zelda and shit, and that, that did not fly. Um, <laughs> then my, my birthday is March 15th, which is the best day in March. I would disagree. I think the 18th is a lot better. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, but <laughs> like a week before my birthday, my brother came to my high school, which he did not go there anymore, and came and found me in my class and gave me a Wii. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, what? What are you doing here? And he's like, happy birthday. And just gave me a Wii. I had a Wii. And then he left. And he said that he was at the store, and he saw it, and he didn't believe it. He did. He said he did like a cartoon double take, um, and then he was like, oh, "I have to buy, I have to buy, I have to buy." It. So he bought it for me, and then I had a week. Um, cool. And then a few months later, I was working my first job. You know, very bad with money. And my sister's birthday was in May, and I was at Walmart in the middle of the night, right after I got paid, like one does, and. Uh, I saw a Wii, just there, just one Wii, and I did the cartoon double take, and I understood. So I bought it in the middle of the night. It was like two or three in the morning. Because <laughs> when I was in high school, we would stay up until the bank processed our paychecks. And then go spend it all. Night, and then go to Walmart and spend it all. <laughs> 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 so I, I bought this Wii, and I went home. And I went up and tried to wake my sister up. She's a very heavy sleeper. She's punched my mom in the face while sleeping and stuff. Before. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's a monster when she's asleep. But she's really <laughs> sweet when she's awake. Uh, and I like tried to wake her up, and I put the Wii in her bed. And the next day she wakes up, and she comes, and she's like, Adam, why did you put your Wii box in my bed? And I was like, no, that's a Wii for you for your birthday. And she was like, what? She freaked out. And she never got a single good game for it. Well, you know, you can't you can't buy taste. No. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's how I got my two Wii's. All right, so let's uh let's get to the games of 2007. So if we go back, um, you know, a decade ago, to the first few months of 2007, Nintendo had two marquee releases, I would say, in in that that part of the year, them them being WarioWare Smooth Moves and We Play. We play, which is best known for coming with a Wii remote. Um, oh. But I would say, in all honesty, looking looking back and, and thinking back on We Play, is it a game that I think is great? Oh, oh no! But is it a game that was worth ten bucks to buy with a Wii remote? Yes, yeah, very much so. 
I think early on in the Wii's life, I had a lot of fun with Wii Play. You know, my my friends and I weren't super into Wii Sports. You know, it was more of like a family thing. Uh, but Wii Play offered some some good variety of just like other shit we could do. Yeah, like uh, there were there were nine mini games total. Um, some of my favorites, uh, kind of poking through the list. The shooting range one was really good. Probably the closest we kind of got to a duck hunt like game from Nintendo. Uh, the table tennis was not deep, but but a good kind of time waster. Billiards was cool, and that tanks game, which was the last mini game, was was pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I feel like that tanks game was kind of deep. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh... Wii Play was actually a game that I got with my second Wii uh, that was bought for me. Um, and because I, I probably wouldn't have bought it otherwise because I just don't really care for that type of thing. But uh, I was kind of glad that it was bought for me, though, because that was still at the time where Wii remotes were actually kind of hard to find. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's I think part of the reason why it sold so well is that it was a guaranteed yeah. way to get a second Wii remote. Yeah, so uh, that was nice. Uh, I think I played the game like twice with my college roommate. We played like I remember playing billiards, um, and then I don't think I ever played it again. I know, I know, I still have my copy, um, but I, I will probably never play We Play again unless yeah. it's for for some kind of like fifteen year retrospective. I still have the, it. The, the ten year anniversary passed, and I didn't, I didn't bat an eye. So. Yeah. I still have it, but the only reason why I still have it is because the trade-in value for it is trash. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, not worth. It's they'll give you like a dollar. Yeah. yeah. So uh, were you aware? Were you aware? Smooth moves is pretty awesome, though. Yeah, I, I love that. That game. is a game that makes you say "fuck." We play. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like it's like the antithesis of everything about We Play, where We Play is like, look, there's these structures, these nine games, you can play them in one way, and Warrior Wear Smooth News is just like, I don't know, hold it like an elephant. <laughs> For yep. two seconds. Yeah. Um, flap, flap your arms. That was um, a game that was just fun to even watch other people play. Like, if even if you weren't looking at the screen, if you're just watching what the person playing was doing, it was just funny. And I think it did a really good job of, uh, I mean... I guess like, you know, we play and we sports kind of did popularize the, the me character, but I think that WarioWare's adaptation of the Miis was something that I think Nintendo got away from because they started to fall into like, it needs to be like that weird doughy, like circular shape. Whereas like, mm -hmm. I, I distinctly remember the, uh, the, the mode that you could play with, I think up to 12 people, like the, the angel multiplayer mode. Oh yeah. Where, Basically, you just keep on going around, and and as people failed, they they be shot from the sky, mm -hmm. um, and that was just like me faces onto these human shaped, like like you know, I guess more more real life human sized bodies, and like it was it was a weird juxtaposition, um, and really like that that mode was probably one of my favorites. I enjoyed like kind of romping through the single player, but I I put a lot of time into the multiplayer modes there. I think they're they're I mean. There's only really only company. I guess Game and Wario is technically a WarioWare multiplayer game as well. But and, and you know what, that WarioWare GameCube game was pretty good too. But but Smooth Moves probably goes down as one of my favorite party games on Wii. Yeah, Smooth Moves was the. I think it's the only WarioWare game I've ever played. Hmm. And it was excellent, and I love it. Yeah, and it's kind of. 
I mean, it's sad to think of that series being kind of gone now. Uh, it, this wasn't like the last one. I think there was one that came out for TSIWare that was bad, and WarioWare DIY was still to come. Yeah. Yeah. But this kind of feels like the last, the last of like the traditional WarioWare games to come out. And I think it's a real good one that kind of still holds up to this day. I feel like WarioWare got kind of eaten by uh, like Rhythm Heaven. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically the same team. Like, uh, I don't know if either of you guys follow, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name, uh, Ko Takuchi. Um, he's a Rhythm Heaven artist on Twitter that like just does all these like cute pop culture drawings and like that style. That's uh, uh, it's a good follow. I recommend it. Uh, but he he did he was like the main artist for WarioWare Smooth Moves, and he also is the main artist for all the Rhythm Heaven games as well. Yeah, I really they, wish that they similar art styles. The characters because WarioWare had like a really cool cast. Yeah. Fun. Oh man, Jimmy T, Cat Nana. <laughs> like I I miss those games. Like those that, like that that were I I hope it comes back someday. I mean, time is a flat circle. Who knows? I don't know. But I'd like yeah, to see where it come back. I feel like Switch would be a really good platform for it being partially a handheld too. So yeah, because I think about. I mean, this is kind of going, I guess, farther off book too. Um, <laughs> there's a Vita game called Frobisher Says that. that. Yeah, that that I mean that game is basically it's WarioWare on Vita, but like I having that on a portable was was gold. Like I have a lot of memories of. I think there were a couple PAX Easts where I would have my Vita on me and we'd be like going out to eat with a group of 10 people and we'd all play, we'd be, just be passing around the Vita playing Frobisher Says as like we're waiting for our food. Um, and, and that kind of game on Switch seemed like a no-brainer. So those are uh, the, the the first the first quarter 2007 Nintendo releases. There were a couple third party games that I think we can kind of go over quickly. Uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings came out in February. Did either of you guys play that? Yes. Um, I played it. I think I beat it uh, mainly because I had disposable income and the time to do so. It didn't take a lot of time to beat it. Yeah, and I don't like. I don't hate that game. I don't I, think it, I, I'm never gonna play it again. I know I I think I traded it in a couple months later after I finished it, but I don't I don't have I don't have bad memories of Sonic and the Secret Rings. It was one of those experimental early Wii games that like was one of the early clues to me that uh, Wii was not going to get games like other like the GameCube did. I mean, to be fair, what was the alternative there? Sonic 2006? Uh, no, that was four years later. Um, no, Son- Sonic 2006 was or, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, holiday right. before Secret Rings. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm thinking about Unleashed. Um, oh, okay. No, so, and, and Unleashed Unleashed was 2008. Oh, really? I yeah, like that, that was... I, uh, that was I reviewed that game. <laughs> oh, you know what I am thinking? I'm thinking of Generations. Okay. And Generations wasn't bad, actually. And no, I, I, never I loved it. I never came to uh, Nintendo platform. Uh, I think there, uh, there was a, 3DS. There, yeah, there was a 3DS version. Yeah. 
Um, I played it on PS3 though. Um, I, it's, oh yeah. I mean, like you bring up a good point. I mean, there's a lot of Sonic games that just aren't great, and Secret Rings wasn't horrible, but it was like this experimental game that used the motion controls. Um, but there were a lot of games early on um, in Wii because it took a little while after launch for there to really be a major game, if I remember correctly. Like, we got, like, some mini games, like WarioWare and, like, Mario Party. I guess Super Paper Mario, if you want to... I mean, that, that, that was still... I mean, from when Sonic and the Secret Rings came out, that was still yeah. two months away. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't... I wouldn't say that like there was a big drought early on in the Wii. I think partially because I mean we like Wii Sports, Twilight Princess, those were pretty dynamite launch games. So uh, they I carried disagree. for a long. Well, that's that's fine. You should have been on the 2006 episode. Adam. I, <laughs> I needed to hate on Twilight Princess. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I hate Twilight Princess. Have I told you guys that before? Yeah, I, I think, think you've. I, I think I think I've heard it a few times. times. I think you've mentioned. I think it I think remember the time where like you tried to write do a write up for Twilight Princess for like an awards thing. I was gonna be fair and nice, and and the and the, the funny thing about it is I was about to assign it to you, and I think Donald was like, "Wait, you've never talked to him about Twilight Princess? Don't let him do this." Yeah, he was I'm like, like, "All right, was like, no, Adam." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> but. But I mean, like it, even still, like the the launch of the Wii was was a pretty solid launch, and I think the scarcity of the system kind of helped it carry through the holiday season. Without there being, without the the lack of like you know, long long lasting games really being that apparent. But yeah, I totally bought Sonic and the Secret Rings because I wanted new games for my Wii. I think that was a new game for me. I think I borrowed it from a friend, but yeah, it didn't take very long. To, it kind of felt sort of like a tech demo in some ways. Yeah. I mean, it's... I keep on kind of jumping the gun and talking about games we'll talk about later. Uh, it's a hell of a lot better than Sonic and the Black Knight. I'll, I'll well, say that yeah. much. Yeah. Um, um, it felt fuck like... Fuck that game. <laughs> it, felt, it felt like Sega got their Wii dev kit and were like, okay, how can we make a Sonic game for this system? And Sonic and the Secret Rings was what they came up with. Yeah, it was very experimental, but I don't even know if that's... I don't know, it's weird. Maybe maybe I need to go back and play more of this to kind of solidify my my memory of it. But I just... I don't really... Like I said, I don't have bad memories of this game. It just it is what it is. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's horrible. I, I own every Sonic GameCube game and nothing more. I my first Sonic game ever that I owned was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Battle. Yeah, yeah, don't forget the battle. Yeah, it's battle. The multiplayer that you probably never played. So, it's so battle. important the battle mode. It's really not. It's yeah. important to the title I, but not to the game. Um, I mean, that was the only way I ever played Sonic Adventure 2 and I I don't actually remember what the multiplayer was. It was just you stand in a circle you hit each other. And I think you each had like three hits or something. Like, that makes sense. Memorable. Sure. Um, and Sonic Adventure One, I think, is it's a it's a little outdated, but I think that it is one of the best games of all time. Like I, I, really I, think, I think that's a bold statement, but I, I I think both Sonic Adventure One and Two are are okay games that probably were better at the time. I mean, I like I've beaten both of them. That's more than I can say for a lot of games that I've played. Yeah. I, I feel like I, Sonic Adventure I 1 both. 
had a, a good balance of all of the weird Sonic things. You know, it had a weird story, it had weird action, like weird ex- exploration areas, but it was a it was humans a balance. And yeah. all the Sonic games, I've never played them, but it looked like they went too far one way. Um, and Sonic Heroes just spoiled the whole franchise for me. I, I and then my grandma got me Shadow the Hedgehog for Christmas. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I've always felt really guilty. Sweet woman. She's like, there's a hedgehog with guns. Shadow the Hedgehog. So let's let's uh let's move on. We we don't need to talk about Sonic anymore. Oh, you don't want to talk about the character creator and Sonic Forces? Yeah, this is a Sonic free zone right now. Um, let's talk about SSX Blur, which was a game that I rented and played a little bit over a weekend, and that's that's my experience with it. I don't remember, um, like the motion controls were cool. I kind of just wished it was like SSX tricky, and it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I love SSX tricky. I never played Blur though. Yeah. Did, did you ever play that? No, I'm I'm not a sports guy. I'm an indoor kid. Even with my video. <laughs> then, then did you play The Godfather: The Black Hand Edition? Uh, I did not, but I watched someone play a Godfather game. On. But wasn't it like a? <laughs> it was. I mean, it was the same game. That, that Godfather game just got ported everywhere. It was like a. I think it was originally like a PS2 Xbox game, and then it came to Xbox 360. We might have been PS3. But wasn't, wasn't got, it our, that, our first real like Grand Theft Auto type game on Nintendo? I think it was. Um, so I, I, I never, I never played this game, but I do have one memory of it, and that is like one of my brother's best friends came over one time, and we were just hanging out. Like I think we were like tossing a football around or something, and we started talking about video games, and we went around and we're like. What's your favorite video game of all time? I don't know what I said back then. It's probably changed now. But I remember specifically that he said his favorite video game of all, of all time was this Godfather game. It's like and, it's it's a very well received game. I yeah. I never never played it, but I, I've heard kind of nothing but good things. I don't I don't know if it hold up uh, being a ten year old open world game. Um, but I mean, back in the day, people kind of dug it. Well, I think it's supposed yeah. to be really story-driven, and the yeah. story is supposed to be good enough, especially yeah. for the game. So that might hold up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I the last one, uh, Kororimpa, which was kind of like a Marvel Madness-style game from Hudson, R.I.P. Matt and I did not know about that game until yeah, we were no idea. in the room it's... waiting for you. That is another one that uh, I think I, I think I had a friend had it and I borrowed it from him. But um, it's a really it's a really neat game, uh, kind of under the radar. But one of those ones that like if you played it, you were like, "Yo, Cobra Rinpa," and then you'd mention it to people and they'd be like, "What what the hell is that?" Yeah, I googled it and it looked like it was a Japanese launch game. I think it I think it was. So that probably makes a little more sense than it coming yeah. out like six months later. And then it, yeah, then it made it out in March. Uh, I think there was a sequel that too. Game. Goodness. Yeah. So now we move uh, to the second quarter of the year, uh, you know, April, May, June. And Nintendo had four games come out in this period. We had Super Paper Mario, which came out on April 9th. It was originally meant for the GameCube and then got pushed back to the Wii. We had Mario Party 8 on May 29th, 2007. 
We had Big Brain Academy We Degree on June 11th and Pokemon Battle Revolution on June 25th, which that game has the distinction of being the first online Wii game. Cool. Now, fun fact, Super Paper Mario is actually the best game on Wii, and Big Game Academy <laughs> is not. All right. If uh, F. Mary Kill, um, or, or what did I, I, th I think there was a Nintendo News Report episode where I came up with the, uh, instead of F. Mary Kill, it was Fox, Mario, or K. Rule. That was a uh, Patreon podcast. Oh, yeah, the Patreon podcast. All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox, Fox awesome. Mario, K. K. Rule. So... Um, let's, let's take, let's take Big Brain Academy, we degree out of it. I, I don't think that game's terrible. I just, I don't care. Um, Super Paper Mario, Mario Party 8, and Pokemon Battle Revolution, Fox, Mario, K. Rule. Oh. I think we go ahead and K. Rule Pokemon because it's yeah. just the battle system from the worst generation of Pokemon. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that. And I, uh, I think I'd, I'd, I'd Mario Super Paper Mario and I'd Fox Mario Party 8. I agree with that. What was the other one? Big Brain Academy. Um, Pokemon yeah. Battle Revolution. Uh, we dis we we disqualified Big Brain Academy. Have you ever played Big Brain Academy though? I played it on DS. Oh, I yeah, love this. I never one. played it it's, on Wii. I have this one. I had really good memories with it. Um, I think I played it more than Mario Party Party Eight. I don't know when I when um, I was that age. I like to think that I was very smart, so I'd invite people over. And you beat him up. And, it was really good and, at. And look, I have a Wii degree, guys. <laughs> yeah, I got a W. I, was, I got a W and an II in this class. Exactly. Wait, it's, I got yeah instructor withdrawal, but backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I really, uh, I really like this mental image of Adam inviting people over to beat them in Big Brain Academy Wii degree. <laughs> To, to fill in some of the image, this is when I moved into the unfinished basement, like the angsty teen I was. So I was also on like a twenty-year-old couch in just a nasty spider-filled basement. Just it was either people had to play Big Brain Academy with you, or they had to face the they had to face the uh, that the Black Widow spider crawling exactly. behind them. Mm -hmm. I uh, Mario Party Eight. I, I've got one Mario Party Eight was the game in which. Just every motion control mini game, which is you jerking off. Yep, like that's the entire game. Um, that was perfect for me as a college student. Um, and actually, no, at this point, I would have been out of school that year. Um, being home for the summer and just being like, "Hey, friends, let's let's steal our parents' liquor and let's play some Mario Party," um, in which everything's a jerk off motion. So yeah, being I was, being, I was very much in high school, and I also. Uh, stole my parents' liquor and had Mario <laughs> parties. <laughs> yeah, like me at me at like eighteen, or I guess me at me at nineteen, um, playing Mario Party Eight, getting drunk, doing jerk off motions. It was the life. Um, and also, Mario Party Eight has the distinction of being the last thing I ever bought at a Circuit City. Oh, um, wow. I bought RAM. I think, or at least I think it was, because I remember I bought it at Circuit City because I was like, huh. Why Circuit City just got this for like twenty dollars cheaper on on launch day, and then like I read an article in the paper like a week or two later that was like Circuit City is going to close, and I'm like, oh, that's probably why. Yeah, I love Mario Party. A lot of people like to uh, crap but, on it, but I don't think I've ever had a bad time playing Mario Party. Oh wait, no, Mario Party Five. I tried to play through the story mode by myself, which was like just kind of sad. 
Um, I'm gonna. That, I, I'm gonna play that one. People, I'm gonna play five for an upcoming cube fight. Um, but I did not like four at all. But but eight eight that. I've got some fond memories of. I liked six a lot. I'm getting Yeah, I've got got a couple a couple years of cube fight to get there. But I will. I have it set aside, microphone and all. Six is the only one. I've seven was played. the microphone. Okay, seven. I thought. Didn't six and seven both have microphone stuff, or am I getting that confused? I think it was just seven, but maybe okay. six. Did. I think was I think six it... the one that was eight players on GameCube for some reason. Uh, yeah, I think so. Wait, or was that seven? Eight players. If it was eight no, players, no, I never six, played with eight six. Uh, six totally came with the microphone because I only have okay. five. And, I only have five and six, and. Well, okay. it's it's. I have a friend who moved to Germany, and he just gave me all his GameCube games because he's like, "I'm not bringing the GameCube to Germany." Um, and he had Mario Party Five and Six, and I was like, "Well, okay, this works out. I'm doing a GameCube retrospective podcast." Okay, I I had and and, and, and he gave me the microphone as well. So okay, he's spying on you. But that has nothing to do with Mario Party Eight, which is a Wii Wii game that came out in 2007. Yeah, uh, that was all right. I mean, it's kind of it's the last. The last traditional Mario Party game. Yeah, that's. I think that's why I remember it more fondly than I probably should. Uh, yeah. Because it was the last one that I actually got some sort of enjoyment out of. And I and I think it's kind of representative, um, especially this with Super Paper Mario coming out around the same time. I mean, those are both clearly GameCube games that got pushed to Wii. Yeah. Um, or at least maybe Mario Party 8 might have always been playing for Wii, but that's like it, it basically looks like the GameCube version of the game, and they were like, I don't know, throw some motion controls on it. Well, yeah. don't forget that the motion controls were originally developed for the GameCube, so the Mario Party team may have been playing around with yeah. these minigame concepts for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I, uh, I really have fond memories of Super Paper Mario. Uh, that I honestly, was. I think it's my favorite Wii game. I, I don't think I'd go that far. I think, oh god, I'm I'm looking at skimming the rest of 2007. I was about to say like I think next to Galaxy it might be my favorite two game in 2007. No, there I mean we're we're getting to a couple games that I like way more than Super Paper Mario. But I did have pick Mickey this year. Is this year yes. Mickey? Wait, was it? No, no, no. no. Epic Mickey was like 2010. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but Super Paper Mario, uh, I had kind of a weird experience with it because once again college. Um, and I played through it all the way. There was also another save file in which my my wife, then girlfriend, played through it all the way, and then my roommate in college also played it all the way through. And we had like we were kind of competing to see who could beat it first. But mm. the system was mine, so it got to a point where I was like, "Screw you guys! I'm finishing this game before you." <laughs> um, but it would be like one of us would go to class and then come back and be like, "Ah, oh, damn it! You're on chapter four." Um. But yeah, I, I like Super Paper Mario. It's a little talky, but it's got a fun story. And I feel like, especially seeing what happened to the Paper Mario franchise, I I think I like Super Paper Mario a lot more as time goes on because I, I wish that like Sticker Star and Color Splash were more like that. It's weird because um, I don't think I ever finished Super Paper Mario, but I didn't play through quite, probably at least half of it. Um, but I remember like, I got the game and I was like, oh, this is like a, a cool, unique take on the Paper Mario formula. Uh, but I was so sure that we were going to get a real Paper Mario. 
uh, like later on. Little did you know. Cycle. Never again. Yeah. Yeah. Little did I know that that was the beginning of. Yeah. Uh, well, did you know that Paper I'll, Paper Mario the RPG was already murdered four years prior? It was never, coming back. It was it was never ever fans. coming back. Yeah. It was murdered by uh, Club Nintendo surveys. No, that was Super Paper Mario. Murdered. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was like, like... story, apparently, but... Yeah. Didn't, was that Miyamoto that said that? Yeah. Someone. They got... They got. I think it wasn't Iwata asks, but they said, yeah, like, well, was, Nintendo surveys complain about the story of Super Paper Mario, so... And I, and I feel like with Super Paper Mario, like, the story wasn't the problem, it was the fact that they talk so damn much. And yeah. looking at, like, how the Mario and Luigi series developed in, in tandem with Paper Mario, it was kind of like, they're like, okay... We're gonna overcorrect for this in Paper Mario. Meanwhile, in Mario and Luigi, we're just gonna let those those guys talk all the damn day, like until until you get so mad that you're like the series that I enjoyed. I never want to play you again. Mm-hmm. I thought that Super Paper Mario them talking was kind of the point. Like you know, I, I've grown up with Mario characters, like I'm sure you guys have, and it was fun to like play through this weird RPG version of a Mario level and then get to like a funny sitcom starring a bunch of Mario characters for some reason. And I mean, I I don't, nothing sticks out. I was really young, so nothing really sticks out as being like, like a bad line or boring or anything. Like, I, I feel like Nintendo's writing has always been like amazing. Maybe maybe we should uh we should nominate this as a Patreon plays game club game. Maybe I would play that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down to re- replay it. And and see see and who knows maybe maybe if I replayed this today I'd be like oh you know what it, the writing's fantastic I don't care that it's a little a little wordy. I feel like the writing for Paper Mario games even Sticker Stars writing isn't that bad the gameplay's awful. But... Yeah, the, the and color splash. Yeah, color splash. What made me stop playing that game had nothing to do with the the story. I thought the story was hysterical. It's just yeah. that I hated everything else about that game. Uh, one last note of the Q2 2007 lineup. Uh, there's really only one notable third-party game, I'd say, and that's Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition, which is, I think, the best version of maybe one of the best games ever made. Uh, so I played that originally on GameCube. So did and, I. And uh, for, a, for a while, I was like, why would I want to buy it again on Wii? I already have it. Uh, but one of my friends in college uh, had it. I saw it sitting on a shelf, and I was like, hey, I really like that game on GameCube. Is it good on Wii? And he was like, dude, it's better. I was like, How? there's no way it can be better, because my experience with... So I guess I should talk a little bit about how I felt about Wii at this point. Um, I didn't really like it that much. Um, hey, I, really liked, I really liked Wii Sports. But I found Twilight Princess to be disappointing on Wii because Twilight Princess sucked. 
I, no, not no. I loved it because I, it was I, handed. I that was my problem. With I, it. I eventually, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm left. No, I'm left-handed. Wow, that's it's because cool. other than the uh, archery parts, I thought that the motion control implementation was awful. It was. Uh, it, I mean, it was quite literally shoehorned in. Yeah, and so I, I was really disappointed with that to start off. I thought Wii Sports was fine, but I mean, you know, it's just a collection of five games that I got bored with after a month. So. Uh, like then WarioWare was cool, but it was really just a bunch of weird stuff. But I didn't feel like up until this point that any of the games that incorporated motion controls did it in an interesting way. Like, I mean, Mario Party 8 was just jerk-off motions. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, I was really disappointed because I, I was really excited before we came out because I, was, I thought, this is going to be really cool. My My idea for it was what eventually became Motion Plus and the one-to-one sword play like what you got in Skyward Sword and... Red Steel 2. Uh, well, yeah. Dude, don't um, sleep on Red Steel 2. Red Steel 2 is awesome. And so, I I don't know, I was really disappointed with it, but I will say one of the games, one of the first games to actually impress me with its implementation of motion controls was not a Nintendo game, but it was Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition. Yeah, because it just, I mean, Resident Evil 4, as it stands, you know, on GameCube on, or PlayStation 2, I mean, like, it's it's a masterpiece. And somehow they took that game and put in pointer controls, and they made it even better. Yeah. Um, And it did, I mean, especially compared to GameCube PlayStation 2, like, the game looked better on Wii as well, uh, with the little extra horsepower. And it had all, like, the 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 extra stuff that was on the PS2 version, so stuff that I that I never got to experience as someone who played it on GameCube. Um, yeah. And I yeah I I I, I was kind of like you where I wasn't sure like oh, you know when I played through Resident Evil Four I don't I don't need to get it again. Um, but I think it also came out it was like twenty bucks, which in in a world where Ultra Street Fighter Two yeah. is coming out for forty seems insane. Um, yeah, I'd totally buy a Switch Resident Evil Four for twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, uh, come out at sixty. Yeah, yeah, because you know the, the cards are so expensive to produce. That's why. <laughs> oh my god! But, but yeah, Resident Evil Four We Edition. It was either twenty or thirty bucks, and for that price, I was like, you know what, this game's incredible. I'll get it, and then promptly like brought it home and played through it. Um, that's a that's a hell of a game and a hell of a version of a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the best one. I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm I'm a big fat scaredy pussy, and uh, <laughs> Resident Evil Four was my first Resident Evil game I ever played. I played a little bit of the story of Five with someone else at one point in my life, um, but other than Resident Evil Four, which I still own, the next scariest game I own is probably Uncharted because they're zombies and it's really scary. Um, <laughs> So I, I I got pretty far, I think. I got I had the girl and I got to a castle, and I ran out of ammo and I just couldn't get through it. But it really bummed me out because I was enjoying myself. Yeah, and like it's 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 a cool story. It's a cool world. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was it was really cool. I, I didn't think I'd like it at all, um, because I I never played anything like that. But I, as I said, I I had gotten my Wii for my seventeenth birthday, and this came out like months after my 17th birthday so i felt like a big badass like yeah you know i'm 17 i can go buy m games 
and <laughs> I decided to get that for myself. And I mean, I don't know, it, good memories, I guess. I remember yeah, talking to this just really nice kid at work who, who wasn't really a gamer. He did parkour or something. Um, he, he was an outside kid. But I just like, I came up in conversation. I was like, oh, yeah, I just got this game called Resident Evil 4. It's really hard. I can't figure out the beginning. And he was like, oh, you just go upstairs in this one house and there's a shotgun and then you kill all the people in the village. I was like, you? You know about this game and where to get the shotgun? Like, it was one of those, like, original Zelda moments, which I never had, but people talk about all the time. Um, uh-huh. Where, like, you know, at the schoolyard, like, you hear secrets from people. So that's a really strong memory for me. Cool. That's yeah, I, I never really liked Resident Evil. This is the only Resident Evil game that I like. I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I had a I had a buddy in like middle school and high school who was weirdly into the lore of Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and like compiled like work because weren't even a such thing as Google Docs. It was just he had he had like a freaking flash drive or floppy disk just filled with all these word documents calling together the plots of the Resident Evil games <laughs> up to that point, and I think it was around. Like I think it was before four came out, so like he he imparted his wisdom onto me, and I was like, you know what, this story seems kind of interesting. Um, and whenever I played any of the old games, I could never get into it. And then yeah, four came out, and I played that. I'm like, okay, no, this is good. And then I every now and then I try to go back and like play remake or something like that, and I'm just like, nah, nah, that's ain't for me. Yeah, well, we- didn't the old ones control like Mega Man Legends, like weird. Capcom tank people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're tank controls. They're they're like the thing that makes Resident Evil Four, I think, a step above some of those older ones. And at least definitely for me, is that Resident Evil Four, while still retaining a lot of the survival horror elements, is a little bit more of an action game. It, yeah. There's a lot more of a focus on shooting, and Leon is a powerful character. Whereas in like Resident Evil One, Two, Three, like Code Veronica, all those older ones, you're and like ammo is very scarce. Saving is hard to do because you need like the the ribbons for the typewriters, and it's just a lot more of a brutal game focused on scaring the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be scared. Like there's this lightning <laughs> storm outside. I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's very scary. I woke up from my nap, and the tornado sirens were going off. And I was like, whoa, I overslept because I got to get on the podcast. Um, <laughs> You're not in Kansas anymore, right? No, I'm not. I'm in Nebraska. Okay, North that's good. Kansas. I thought that was the same thing. <laughs> Excuse me? No, Nebraska just still kidding. has a little bit of an economy ne- left. Nebraska, Kansas? I, uh, I'm actually actually going to Kansas to visit family in about a month. So. Oh, well, I'm going out east in about a month. I'm not going to either of you. Well, I'm coming to... Near issue, I think. I actually yeah. don't know. We can t- we can talk out. off show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we. Yeah. So let's go to. Uh, so now we're now we're halfway through 2007, and we're eyeing um, the back half of 2007. And I'm gonna label the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna label this part the uh, that the summer, when Neil scammed a bunch of retail stores. Damn. Um, this is a story I've, I've probably told on a podcast at some point in the past, but it's, it applies very much to this because it's the entire reason why I was able to afford Mario Strikers Charge and Metroid Prime 3 Corruption this summer 
which uh, were Nintendo's two big uh, Q3 releases for 2007. Um, so being being a college student with working a summer job where I had some time to kill and was on a computer, uh, I found out that there was a Harvest Moon game on DS that was, I think it was on sale on on sale at Best Buy for about 10 bucks. And it was still like retail, like 30 or 40 bucks everywhere else. Oh, I think I know uh, where I this think, is going. I, I think the trade in value for it at GameStop was 15 or 20 bucks. And you could like stack that. Because mm-hmm. I think they have the stuff where it's like if you trade in three games, you get an extra 10 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I would scour local Best Buys and buy up all of the $10 versions of this Harvest Moon game. And then I would. I went for for I think my my first score was I t- just straight up took four unopened copies of of this Harvest Moon game to a GameStop, which I would later find out GameStop is supposed to turn you away whenever that happens because it looks like you stole a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um. But they accepted all four of those games, and I think I that's that's I think I got uh. I think I got Mario Striker. I I walked out of that store with Mario Striker's charge and had like twenty dollars down on Metro Prime Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I and and then I started getting to getting cocky with it, and I would like go to WalMarts because you could just return things without a receipt. Yep. Um, and then I would return, but I would go to different WalMarts, and I'm in I'm in suburban New Jersey, so there's a there's a lot of WalMarts all over the damn place. So I basically just have a loop where I just go to, I'd go with different people too because they would like they would want your license, and I I don't. I never really looked in to see if like that was a legit thing. Like if I would have gotten busted, if they're like, "Hey, this is the third time this Neil kid has tried to take this game back to a Walmart without a receipt," but I would have friends like return it for me, and then like I'd buy them food with the profits. Hmm. Um, but I basically lived like a kingpin, and I was able to. I got Mario Strikers Charge. I got Metro Prime Three Corruption. I got a bunch of DVDs. I think I got Bioshock, uh, and then uh, I had one last big score where I bought a bunch of copies of this game. Uh, I bought like four copies of it at a Best Buy, and then realized that it was it was priced to match that Best Buy at everywhere else. And then I was stuck with a bunch of copies of this shitty Harvest Moon game. So that's that's my story. Uh, Mario Strikers Charge and Metro Prime Three Corruption, both awesome games. But don't feel bad about that story because that's literally how the economy works. Like that's how they have <laughs> like so many different like stock exchanges because people will buy from one and go sell to one where like it's a better price. So you're just you're just good at economics, Neil. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's the only time I've ever been good at it. Now I just lose money. <laughs> I've done I did the same thing uh, with Metroid Other M uh, in like 2011. Yeah, I think that's about after that know. game had after that game had like bombed or whatever. It'd been like a little over a year since it released. Okay. Uh, like Best Buy or somebody was selling it for like five dollars. So, and it was only online, so I ordered, like, five copies of it, and I kept one, and I went to Walmart, I, did, I only did it one at a time, because like you said, if you, like, take, like, four Yeah, they're supposed copies, to flag you, like, that first GameStop that I went to when I had four unopened copies of the game, I don't know what was up with that guy, he probably got fired. Yeah, um, so I, I took him back, like, one at a time, but any time, like, a game came out that I wanted, I would just take it, because, you know, it was retailing for $50 still. Yeah. So any time a game, I think it might even still be retailing for $50. If it's even uh, in stores. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, I would. any time a new game came out, like, that's how I got Pokemon Black and White, 
that's how I got, uh, I want to say, Mario Kart 7. Uh, but yeah, I would just take <laughs> one of my four copies of Metroid Other M to Walmart and trade it in for store credit, and they'd give me $50, and I'd go and buy whatever game I wanted. I feel bad about it kind of now, but I don't know. That was, that was the only way I was going to get those games. So. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with me. I mean, it's, I wanted to get... So... You guys have all these Phantom Thief detail <laughs> stories. We stole people's hearts and then yeah, sold them to Walmart. I, it makes me feel really bad about my story, which is that one year, my mom got me a copy of New Super Mario Bros. U for Christmas, and I had bought it for myself on Black Friday. So I exchanged it for a different $60 game at GameStop. And I always felt like I had gotten away with some big heist. But... <laughs> yeah, but you, you didn't turn a profit, kid. No, I didn't. I think I got like... I got something really shitty. I don't even remember anymore. But I definitely lost on that deal. But Yeah, so did either of you guys play Mario Strikers Charged? I didn't, and I always wanted to, but I never did. It's It's fantastic. It's a that's um next level, right? Yeah, yeah, that was next level. Um, after this, yeah, or at least pertaining to this Wii game thing, uh, next level would make Punch Out. Yeah, this. And this is, I mean, this was the last of their like Mario sports games that they did. I love next levels games. Uh, yeah, that's the only, that's the only one I haven't played. So, um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a fantastic arcade soccer game. Uh. Had had an online mode that was pretty pretty all right. Uh, people definitely got very good at that very quickly. There was actually so me. I'm trying to think of who else was there. I don't think I don't think Scott was there. It may it might have been. I'm trying to think if it was a year that Scott or Zach was at PAX East, but we we got into a a staff versus reader uh, contest at PAX East a couple years ago, and we were like, you know, we got them, we got them playing Mario Strikers Charge, the readers came in and trounced us. Like, <laughs> it was embarrassing. We got blown off the field. Uh, but that's a that's a great game. I would love to see that series come back. I know they, they did have soccer in Mario Sports Superstars, but something tells me by the way that game was received that maybe it wasn't as good as Mario Strikers Charge. Yeah. Yeah. When I first played Mario Strikers Charge, I was really frustrated with the death. It just didn't click for me right away, but then like a few matches in, I got it and I, I started to really enjoy it. But I, I I don't remember the last time that Nintendo made a game like that, you know, where if you don't get it right away, um, you know, like Nintendo games now, you either get it right away or you don't. You, you yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there was definitely uh, there was a learning curve to that, and there's some grade A bullshittery in the design of that game. Like I remember, like. Um, every character kind of had like a kind of like a, a dodge move, and I think Toad could like just if you timed it right, you'd roll past the goalie into the net. Um, oh, really? Are you talking yeah, about the, and, like the special kicks? No, like like there would be yeah, there would be like a kind of like a crowd control move. Like I know, like with the Hammer Brothers, you would tap the button and then like you'd like throw a hammer at the ground and knock knock oh, people away from you. Yeah, see, I always played as Bowser, and he just, like, jumped forward. He, yeah, I think he, he might have, like, turned into a shell. Um, I would play as Waluigi a lot, just because it was fun to troll people as Waluigi. 
<laughs> and he had a special thing where it was like, I don't know, he'd lay vines all over the court because why? I don't know. Because they don't even know what Waluigi's supposed to do. He was created yeah. to be a Mario Tennis character for Wario to have a partner. So, I mean, what they don't they don't know what they're doing with Waluigi, but he's got to be there now. I really hope that New Donk City and Mario Odyssey, all those stupid Sonic Adventure people, are replaced with Waluigi's family. Yeah. Or maybe, like, all of Waluigi's family is just normal, and he just looks weird. Oh my god, no. Do you not listen to connectivity? Yeah. Oh, do you have a do you have a deep Waluigi lore? We do. Uh the Wafather is, oh. is the the Waluigi game that we designed. Yeah, so there was an episode where they designed a game. And uh you should just go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll 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 do that. I could I could use the be told about a Waluigi game. Yeah. If you're listening to this, go back and listen to that episode. It's highly entertaining. So, moving right along. Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Not my favorite Metroid Prime game, that, that that will go to the first one, but this was a very good game. And in the decades since, I think we all didn't realize that this was like the last the last good Metroid game we might ever see. Yeah. We saw that like remake of that like that, you know, unofficial one. That was really good. Yeah, AM2R. I guess maybe on Nintendo. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, AM2R, I, which is dangerously close to a thing that it shouldn't be. Oh um, <laughs> A2MR yeah. is a much different game. Uh, I, I, it's weird because I played through Metroid Prime 3, but I honestly don't remember a lot of it. Um, I think it was because it came at a really busy time for me. Like, I had just gone to college. Like, I just moved into college. And so a lot of other things were happening. And I also had just got, like, a Xbox 360 and bought Halo 3. So I was playing, like, both of them at the same time. So because they're both sci-fi first-person shooters, um, I think, like, I get them confused sometimes. Even though they're very different games. Uh, well... Metroid Prime 3 had that Halo or opening for some reason. Yeah. And that is the part that stuck with me the most. Yeah. And like, yeah, all the characters that you just see get like brutally murdered throughout the game. Yeah. Um, uh, and the Galactic Federation becomes a bigger part. I mean, it is, it's kind of weird looking back at Corruption now because it does kind of portend what Tanabe wanted to do with like Federation Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of my issues with uh, corruption is that it's a little too story heavy. Yeah. Um, it it relies less on because to me Metroid is not not that there's no story in Metroid, but Metroid's story is always told through atmosphere. 
Which is what, I mean, like, Super Metroid did so well. Uh, Metroid Prime 1 did so well. Even Zero Mission. Yeah. I mean, Zero Mission, not as flawlessly as Super Metroid, but I still think that there's a lot of, you know, world storytelling in in Metroid Zero Mission. And it feels like, to me, that the first departure of that wasn't... A lot of people blame Other M for it, but I think that Metroid Prime 3 was really the first one that kind of... It departed from that a little bit. Um, fusion, fusion might have as well, but but I get what you mean with Metro yeah. Prime Three having a more consistent focus on it because Fusion, Fusion would kind of like have a lot of text to introduce segments and then kind of let you do your thing. Yeah, um, but I mean, Metroid Prime Three had like full blown cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. I did. I mean, I think that the art direction in Metro Prime Three is phenomenal, and I oh, do yeah, love those yeah. worlds, even if. You know, the fact that they're on different planets kind of makes it seem a little less interconnected. Yeah, that, yeah, that's another issue that I have with it. I still love the game. Like, it's like a 9 out of 10 game for me, but there are some things that... Uh, I mean, that, like you said, the first Metroid Prime, I think, is the best one for a lot of yeah. reasons. I mean, it's... So. In, in Metroid Prime 3, I just got stuck at some point because I was on some something, and it was like, Okay, you need to go throughout the whole galaxy and find batteries. And I was like, where the fuck? <laughs> that, that, that's the thing that they do batteries. at the end of every Metroid Prime game, where they're like, "You're at the last area. Now go back and find this shit." That was the yep. end. Yeah, like battery part was like that was the precursor to the last area, if memory serves me yeah. correctly. I got to the end of Metroid Prime Three, and I never knew this whole time. Yeah, yeah, because that's what. In, in Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3, and <laughs> every time I reached this point when I first played those games, I would just put the controller down and be like, no, bad game. Um, yeah. Because because each one will, like, you'll, you know, play through the game and you'll be right before the last area, and it'll be like, you need these artifacts to enter this area. Mm-hmm. And then you need to go back through the world and find all these pieces. And at that point, I would usually be, you know, a, a dozen... 20 hours or whatever into the game and be like no I'm, I'm ready to, to finish the fight guys like why are you doing this to me um, and I'd put the game down and pick it up a couple months later and then just be like oh you know what I missed this world I'm gonna finish it now I hate scanning <laughs> I hate yeah that. scanning scanning was really cool in 2002 I don't think it's aged particularly well it was not cool in 2002 one day I went to school I was in middle school and I didn't have the internet and this kid told me that you had to scan everything in Metroid Prime 1 in order to get the true ending. And then I never played Metroid Prime 1 again. <laughs> and I was really sad because I had just gotten it. I was 13, so I bought myself a teen game on my birthday. And I was so pissed. I was like, I'm not going to scan all this shit. This is boring. Oh, also, I would only play it when the sun was up. The <laughs> game's not even that scary. I know, but I was 13, okay? Yeah. Uh, I I actually didn't mind. So, like, Neil, you were talking about you had a friend that was, like, super into the Resident Evil lore. When the original Metroid Prime came out, I was, like, into the Metroid lore that way. Dude, I, I'm still into the Metroid lore that way. Yeah. Like, so that's like, part of the reason why I like Federation. I mean, I also thought Federation Force was a well-designed game, but like as it got into like the dumb story of that world, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, go on, yeah. tell me, you super deformed, weird monster man. Yeah, no, I, I like, I don't think, I mean, I like, 
I even like other M, but I liked Federation Force too. But I had like, I loved scanning everything in that first game because it told me, um, you know, it told me like a lot more about like the space pirates and like, I don't know, I was super into the lore. And so like even like just scanning random things and having it tell me something about that world and the space pirates and Mother Brain and the Metroids, like that was just so cool to me. It hasn't aged well, I'm sure, but like back then, I was so into that. Yeah, I played Metroid Prime One on my 12-inch childhood TV, so scanning things didn't tell me shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are those are the Nintendo games for for that time of the year. Also coming out that summer, we had the first Carnival games, which would go on to be. Uh, a weirdly defining third-party Wii game. Yeah, is that like the I, best-selling I, Wii game or something ridiculous? Like that? I mean, I think it might be. I think it might be the best-selling third-party Wii game. Yeah, probably. Crazy. Um, but yeah, Carnival Carnival games sold a truckload. I avoided playing it throughout my entire days. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like you have to mention it because of how big of a deal it was. Uh, to the world around us. It's it's always the game that like people go to when they want to tell me that the Wii sucked. Yeah, and it's like, well, you know what? <laughs> Carnival game success allowed us to have a lot of other cool games on Wii. Yeah, I, as companies tried to figure out how to get things to sell on Wii, usually yeah. failing, but at least the games would be good. Yeah, it's weird. Like, uh, I Wii is not my favorite Nintendo console. I don't think it's really even that close, but it's it does have like. It does have like four or five games that I would put in like my some of my favorite games of all time, uh, but like there are a lot of things about Wii that I didn't like too. Uh, probably more things that I didn't like than I did. Um, but those like four or five games made all of the stuff that I didn't like worth it. So, and we're going to talk about one of those games. <laughs> and we're going to talk about I think one of the best games ever made pretty soon. Um, yep. Night's but, Journey into Dreams. Yes. Um, oh god, that was 2007. <laughs> um, the last, the last uh, game from the, the summertime here in 2007, Dewey's Adventure, uh, came out in September of that year. It was a Konami game. Uh, kind of. I mean, I don't think it was the same team as Elibits, but they seemed to share a little bit of DNA. They both had like an like an edit mode where you could make your own stages. There's a similar uh, style used, too. Used Wii Connect 24. If memory serves me correctly, whoa. Um, I yeah, remember. Game, but I but, don't remember any of that online. Yeah, uh, I remember Dewey's Adventure being a, a neat game that I think I was more excited for than I should have been. And mm-hmm. then when I played it, it was a little disappointing because I, I I really liked Elibits. I thought Elibits was a really neat game, and then Dewey's Adventure just was a little bit. I thought the premise sounded so good, cool. I don't know what you're talking about. But yes, like tilting. So in Dewey's Adventure, you were a dewdrop, and you could change between like a little drop of ice and a drop of steam and a drop of water. Mm-hmm. And you didn't move yourself. Yeah. You tilted the Wii Remote to tilt the world, uh, which is a really neat concept. But like Neil said, I don't think I got really grabbed by it, but I definitely got grabbed by the concept enough to get hyped for it. Yep. Yep. But I, I don't know why it didn't deliver. 
I mean, uh, the pre- the premise was really cool, but the gameplay, the execution just wasn't there. Yeah. Bad Konami. <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's move to the the final quarter of 2007. A pretty packed time of the year. This would have been the you know the Wii's first big holiday after launch. Uh, and Nintendo had six games come out in this time frame of October to December, or really November. Uh, they had Donkey Kong, wow. Donkey Kong Barrel Blast came out in October. Wow. Um, also in October was Battalion Wars Two and Fire or Battalion Wars Two was the only other October release. Then in November, um, jam packed with Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn and Mario and Sonic the Olympic Games one week. Then the the goat himself, Super Mario Galaxy, mm-hmm. the week after, and the Link's crossbow training, rounding out the season. So the real goat is Link's crossbow training. That oh my gosh! Link's awesome. crossbow training is way better than it has any right being. It's so much fun. I want an entire game of that. Like That's the what sections where you're running around and shooting shit. Like, fuck yeah! Yeah, like it, it was just. Ah. I want that <laughs> like, to be my life. You know, I'm, I'm want, still waiting for Link to just have a crossbow. Like, can we? Maybe that's going to be the big story mode in Breath of the Wild. It's going to be Link's crossbow training. Oh my god! You know, let's just skin Resident Evil Four. Yeah. With Link and a crossbow. Yep. He gets cut in half by the chainsaw guy. No, because he's <laughs> a badass and he beats yeah. the chainsaw guy. Yeah, because he shoots him in the head with a crossbow. Bam. Exactly. Oh, but no, that game was great. Um, and I really wish that they would have done more with that zapper thing. Yeah, they kind of let that let that be after that. Even though I think Link's crossbow training sold very very well. It did. Wait, um, Nintendo put out a peripheral for a game, and then they it. didn't Stop do it. anything with it after that. Stop it! Stop it. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, I guess we should talk about these other games that were higher up the list. I don't know what any of these games are. Um, Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. I never really played. That's another GameCube game that got pushed back to GameCube. I believe it's uh, I sh- racing. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't. Even, I didn't even know that that existed until like three years later. Yeah, yeah it kind of came and went. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing like a video, like, "Oh, look at this canceled Donkey Kong racing <laughs> game." No, it did come out. Yeah, footage from Rare made this racing game, and then like. It well, that, I that they were the same thing. thing. Yeah, that was that was a different game. Right. It was yeah. A different game, but like the Donkey Kong Racing game, like still ended up happening, and I didn't know about it. Yeah. Um. It was developed yeah, like, by when, it was developed by Payon, who also did DK King of Swing and DK Jungle Climber. When when that when I heard about that game for the first time, somebody was like, "Oh yeah, that Donkey Kong Racing game." And I saw. I thought they were talking about Diddy Kong Racing, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, the one on N64." And they're like, "No, the one on Wii." I was like, "What are you talking about?" And they were like, "Yeah, there's a Donkey Kong Racing game on Wii," uh, and but they had never played it. They were just talking about it, and I was like, "No, you're wrong. That there's no Donkey Kong Racing game on Wii." And so I looked it up, and I saw like gameplay from it. Uh, from the, when I looked it up, uh, I just typed in Donkey Kong Racing. But that was a game that Rare was developing for, like, GameCube. Yeah, like the canceled one. It's like a follow-up to Diddy Kong Racing. And so I thought, oh, no, you just heard about this canceled Rare game. And so for the longest (laughs) time, 
I refused to believe that there was a Donkey Kong game on the Wii. And uh, then finally, like, you know, I, I, I think I found it like on, on Wikipedia or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is real. Like Donkey yeah. Kong Barrel Blast. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Anyone has really played it, or is it like the Bernstein Bears? It's it's Schrodinger's Donkey Kong game. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, I do uh, know. I, I think you play it. Uh, we were about the nunchuck, like kind of going back and forth as if you were playing on bongos. Because when it was on GameCube, it was going to be a racing game controlled by bongos, which oh pro- gosh, probably bongos. probably would have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Can we just talk about Jungle Beat for the rest of our time? Um, come back that's in 2009. Two yeah, yeah, I think that's new play control DK Jungle Beat. Yeah, uh, a subpar version of that game, if I do say so myself. Yeah, but... so the bongos. My sister had yeah. the bongos, and I had the Wii version. That's my sister's only GameCube game. She's very it's, weird. It's a fantastic GameCube game, but a mediocre Wii game. So Battalion Wars Two. Um, I I played this. It's a it's a good game. Uh, that's really all I have to say about it. It's one of the last in the the Wars series to ever come out, and it was a good good note to go out on. I think. See, I played it once. I bought it for really cheap used, um, and I just like sat down and played it once. So I don't really remember it too well. But can you kind of tell us about um, like with the gameplay and stuff? Because it's not like normal Advance Wars at all. I'm. No, it's uh It's more of like a. A third-person shooter um, with with some RTS elements. Hmm. Uh, so is it like Valkyria Chronicles? Have you played that? Not, or like Co- not so much. Like I'm I'm going off of long memories on this. Yeah, <laughs> it's more real time. Like, isn't it? Weren't there yeah. Some um, games like that. Where I think it was so. Real time strategy, but you could like jump into one of your soldiers and control them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the way it works. So it's not like code names. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm going off of uh, approximately nine to ten year old memories of a game that wasn't particularly memorable, other than I was like, oh, that was fun. So I might, I might be getting some details wrong. But it did take place in the Advanced Wars universe. Yes. And yeah. since no one played it or anything, this is why we have so many goddamn Fire Emblem games all the time. Yep, because uh, the next game on the list is a Fire Emblem game, uh, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn. It's got our boy, it's got our Smash Brothers fiend Ike in it. Um, and, Isn't he like a side character? Yeah, he's not. I don't think he's the main character in this one because it's a sequel to the GameCube yeah. one. That he was the main character of. Yeah, Path so. of Radiance, also known as My Retirement Plan. But. <laughs> That's going to eventually be on virtual console, and uh, I will eventually die. So there. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't played this one. I Path of Radiance was my first Fire Emblem game, and I think it was my only one until Awakening. Hmm. Um, and I never beat it. Uh, if anyone's ever played it, I got stuck at the bridge. You got stuck oh my at the bridge gosh. too. Don't yep. lie. Um, and then when I saw Radiant Dawn was coming out, I was like, oh, I should get that when I beat the GameCube one. Of course, I never beat the fucking GameCube one. Like, hell no. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't have it. <laughs> I um, I played Radiant Dawn. A friend had it, and I borrowed it. I did not beat it. 
That was a hard game. I I I I think I bought Radiant Dawn and planned to play it, but I was also like Adam, where I was like, oh no, I want to finish Path of Radiance first. Um, and I never really played Path of Radiance that much more than I did. And then I saw that I could sell Radiant Dawn for a lot more money than I got it for, and then I sold it. Hmm. Well, anyways, speaking of Radiant Dawn, my mom's name is Dawn, and she's beautiful, and I love Aww. her so much, but the next game on the list, she Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, she got it for me for Christmas one year, probably just because she saw that it was Mario and Sonic and was like, oh, I've never heard of this. We should all play it together. But I didn't have the heart to tell her that there was a reason that I didn't pick up Mario and Sonic on my <laughs> own. So it's another game. Thank you, Sega, for making my loved family members buy me these disappointing games for Christmas. Yeah, so I, as a kid, I wasn't one of the, the ones that picked a side in the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo War. I just had them both. And I loved Sonic. Like, as a kid, I had, like, a bunch of Sonic, like, merchandise and stuff. But as I got older, like, I definitely liked Mario more. But, like, there was a while where, like, probably, like, a 10-year span, where if, like, a Sonic game came out on any system that I had, my mom would buy it for me. Aww. And I was, like, like, I got Sonic 06 like that. And it was, like, Mom... Like, one day I just had to break the news to her, like, Mom, I don't like Sonic that much anymore. No. Like, uh, like, you don't have to buy me every new Sonic game that comes out. Like, they're, like, buy me, like, one every five years, because that's about how often a decent one comes out. <laughs> so. Let her down easy, be like, it's not you, Mom, it's Sonic. <laughs> that, that, that was the gist of the conversation. It's not that I don't like so. Sonic anymore. It just feels like Sonic hates me for some reason. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic is actively seeking to cause me pain. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, I did play Mario and Sonic, the first one. I think I played like the 2012 one on 3DS as well. But there's so many of them. Yeah. So, it's not memorable. I don't really remember much about it. I remember that like Sonic was jumping on a trampoline. Or something. There's something more memorable. Uh, America had this really cool bobsledder. His name was Steve Holcomb. And <laughs> he led America's bobsledding team to their first gold medal since like the 40s. Why do you know this? Because he's awesome. He's oh, a driver okay. and he was blind and he didn't tell anyone that he was blind. And he got the he won the gold medal for America right. in the Olympics. That's, but anyway, That is pretty cool. I have like 150 followers on Twitter, and for some reason he was following me. Wow. And he just died mysteriously the other day. I'm really sad. And everyone should look him up. His name is Steve Holcomb. He has a book that he wrote about his eye surgery called And Now I See. He was so cool. An American hero, and everyone should, should look him up. Because he's way more interesting than this Mario and Sonic Olympic game. <laughs> but I... I... He does sound fascinating, but I don't think he is as fascinating as Super Mario Galaxy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I tried. I tried, guys. I tried to bring us back. It didn't work.
But, but yeah, I mean, Gal- Galaxy is an incredible game. Um, I, I, I don't remember. I think so. I, I mean, wait until we get to Galaxy Two, because uh, I, I got Galaxy some words to say about Galaxy Two. You're a smart man. Because Galaxy You're One, smart man, Adam. The memory I have of Galaxy One is it was really easy to beat Bowser, and then after that it got really hard and unfun. I distinctly remember a level where I was on a giant pixelated Luigi and I had to run That's a good and level. get all I was being chased by something or some shit and I had to get all the red coins or something and I had to have died at least a hundred million thousand times at least um, and then I I swore off 3D Mario forever <laughs> I uh, I like so both funny. I like both of them equally but um, I I love Galaxy and Galaxy 2. I like both of them a lot. Um, I think most of my fascination with Galaxy 2 has to do with Yoshi and the power-ups, because I love um, Galaxy didn't really have that many of them, and half of them I didn't really like the B-suit. I thought the B-suit was cool. Uh, But the other ones I like... um, but uh, I yeah, Galaxy is one of my favorite games of all time, and Galaxy Two. I don't know. I always kind of lump them together because I don't know which one I like more. And Galaxy Two pick, is kind like, of like an expansion pack in a way. That that's what it was intended to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I love both of them to death. Those were the games that that was like the first game that I got for Wii that I was like, you know, I, I'm still pretty iffy on this console, but if they keep putting out games like this, uh, they can shoehorn in as many bad motion controls to other games as they want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I remember Devouring Galaxy when it came out. Like, it was such a fantastic game, and it, yeah. I guess looking back on it, in, in retrospect, like it, it was the start of the, the linearity of some of those Mario games, but at, at that point, I didn't really care because uh, what they did, they did it so well. Yeah. And even though they did kill a little bit of that explorative element that was really cool about 64 and Sunshine. The difference between it, the Galaxy games and like 3D Land and 3D World to me is the star versus the flagpole. I hate, yeah. I hate the flagpole. Um, I think the star is the better carrot at the end of the stick, as it were. Yeah, you have different. You have different objectives. <laughs> Adam, you hate all three D games. And two D games. Let's been over this. Yeah, you don't even like video games. I don't no, know. I'm here to bring. I don't know why you're on you don't the even have a Wii. I don't. I've never yeah, you never even own a Wii. But no, I like this. You have different objectives to get these stars like sometimes it's collecting coins sometimes it's uh fighting boss sometimes it's um you know just exploring an area and searching every nook and cranny and uh i don't know 3d land and 3d world is just like all right just go through the world and reach the flagpole and then there's never a reason to go back to that world once you beat it in 3d land but that's the same thing as galaxy too sunshine and 64 had little worlds that you could explore. They were 
all memorable. Sunshine, I got really tired of the vacation theme, but I know that Neil really loves that. Um, no, I I love it for like sixty stars, sixty shines. Um, I, the back half of that game is real bad, but but anyway. In in, in no. Galaxy, each of the levels has like three stars. Yeah, and there's multiple since, objectives. Since it's all since each little platform is a little like planet, you know, like the, each level is just a row of planets. They'll completely cut off the row of planets that takes you to another shrine, so you are just shoved towards the end of the level. Yeah. Whether it's a yeah, flagpole or a boss or whatever you're doing at the end, you're still just shoved toward it. Yeah, no. The biggest problem with that game is that every level, the theme is that you are in space and there's a very heavy orchestra there to make you tired. But I mean, I, I think that you're you're underselling the variety of galaxies, planets. Yeah, I think I, I think there's, there's a I lot more. I, there's I a lot more there than you think. But I also I feel like with 64 and, and Sunshine, for example, uh, you would have different. You would have more stars per per level, and you could like do things like get stars out of order there. Whereas with yeah. Galaxy, yeah. you would click on a star, you're getting that star. There's no other option. But at least, at least worlds had multiple stars and multiple objectives. Yeah, that I mean, was they're, like the, they're that was just the last a, time. I, I mean, I would argue they're they just a reuse of stars. assets. Yeah, they were just reused. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining stars. too much. I think that those those levels are very well designed. Uh, yeah. I do lament a little bit of the lack of exploration, uh, but I also liked being able to, you know fly around that hub world near the end that was really cool you know what it all, they also don't have other than a flagpole is a timer most of them some of them were timed like the race ones or whatever Those are the worst. but there's no timer yeah oh, God, the motion the motion control when like you're on the ball or whatever um ugh. like one of the um, things that i dislike the most about 3d world is like that's a really pretty game and there are times when like i'd like to go off the beaten path because there are they give you a few levels that are big enough to do that, but then there's always that timer. I'm like, oh, if I want like the high score or whatever, then I have to hurry up and get to the end. I just yeah. hate, I hate the timer. I hate the flagpole. Quit, quit putting them in 3D Mario games. I do, I do love Super Mario Galaxy though. I, I want to make that clear because we are kind of taking it down a peg or two. But I, I, I mean, I think this is probably my favorite game of 2007. Maybe one I, of my favorite games on Wii. I haven't played Galaxy since it came out. And I, I remember loving it a lot. But that's all I remember about it. And I was going to go replay it a little bit before we did this. Um, but I don't know if you guys heard Persona 5 is just so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did not go back to Galaxy this week because it is summer vacation. And I just got the summer vacation in Persona 5, and I'm fucking living it up, you guys. I'm on summer vacation, on summer vacation. Yeah, you, you could have been on summer vacation, on summer vacation, in Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, um, no, you tricked me into playing Sunshine, like, a few years ago. I'm never playing Sunshine again. <laughs> How do, we need to find a way to trick Adam into playing Twilight Princess again. I, yeah. You guys did! I put on Twitter, I was like, should I buy it for Wii U? And everyone was like, yes. Why? Why did you? Why did you listen to us? Because. Was yeah. What did you think? Did you think we were going to tell you no? Yeah. I was like, really I, hoping. I like the game. I think the game's good. Yeah. 
it's fine. I think it has the best it's dungeons a, in Zelda. It's a great game, but it's the worst Zelda. That's what I'm. That's my opinion. Wait, worst 3D or no, 2D this, Zelda? This is a different. This is a different podcast, 3D, guys. 3D. Different we're, we're right, so, I right. can see. I can see the finish line. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I'm very tired. I want to go play Persona. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's wrap up 2007 by talking about some third party games that came out in the holiday season. Uh, I'm going to read the list, and then if you have anything to say about any of those games, we will talk about it. And then after that, we'll we'll wrap it up. So there's Zack and Wiki Quest for Barbaro's Treasure, which came out in October. Nice. Guitar Hero Three, Legends of Rock, Rayman Raving Rabbids Two, Resident Evil: The Umbrella Chronicles, Soul Calibur Legends, Trauma Center, New Blood. And Night's Journey of Dreams, dude. Trauma Center, so good. New Blood, New Blood is a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Those games seem way too scary for me. <laughs> they're super. They're super I mean, tense. Uh, they're not scary though. It's just like some of the surgeries, like later in the game, get really intense. So, if you want to play a Trauma Center game, I would recommend Trauma Team. It is on Wii U Virtual Console, and I think it's the best of those those style of games, and also the last one because I don't think it sold that well. Mm, it's sad. But I, uh, I did totally not. I never got into Zack and Wiki. I think that's more because I'm not really big into traditional adventure games, which is what Zack and Wiki was very clearly inspired by. Yeah, it's it's definitely like point and click, except you move with maybe point and click. I don't remember. But I, it's very charming. It's really neat. It's just puzzles. Um, but you're in a puzzle world, and you have to solve all the puzzles in it before you like move on to the next level. It's it's a lot like a Captain Toad kind of structure. Yeah. Um, but I remember I got stuck at one point, and there was no hint. Uh, I don't think I had the internet at this point. Because I didn't have the internet for like a really long time. Like, I don't know if I told you guys, but, like, I'm, I'm still scarred from it. Um, so I just stopped playing it. And I'm really sad that it didn't get, you know, any other media or a sequel or anything. Because the world was really, it, it, it had a lot of love put into it. Lots of little characters, yeah. good writing. Um, it's just kind of a lost of time, little beautiful world. Uh, Guitar Hero 3 was the the first in the series to make it to an Nintendo platform. Um, this was also around when Rock Band came out. I don't think I got Guitar Hero 3 right away because I was I was very much I, I picked sides and my side was Rock Band, um, and that that did not come to Wii. I think until early 2008. It, yeah, was, I... it was kind of an afterthought. I if if you ever got a Rock Band game on Wii. I would question why you would. The Guitar Hero games were generally very well made on Wii, though. Yeah, I had Guitar Hero on Wii, and I had Rock Band on 360. Uh, Rayman Raven Rabbit on 360, and then he threw his 360 in the trash, and that's how I got my 360. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't remember anything about Rayman Raven Rabbits 2. I might have played it. but I played one Rabbits game once, and all I remember is that there was a minigame where you pulled worms out of teeth, and it was way too scary for me, and I will never buy another <laughs> Ubisoft game as long as I live. All because of worms and teeth. It's so gross. Like, why do they think that's fun for children? Children like children are gross. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles, I know, might be a little too scary for Adam. Uh, but that was a fun little light gun game. Um, I never played that one. Yeah, it's all right. Soul Calibur Legends, I don't really know anything about. Yeah, Link was that one. It is, it is not a traditional Soul Calibur game. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I never played it. So let's move yeah. on. Uh, Link, Trauma... Link wasn't in that one, so I yeah. didn't play it. <laughs> Uh, Trauma Center New Blood, as we were talking about, um, you know, there was a, there was a Trauma Center game out at launch. It was a remake of the DS game, and this was a brand new one made for Wii, and it it was a fantastic game because it didn't like. Whereas, you know, we have those complaints for Twilight Princess and even Trauma Center's Second Opinion, where the motion controls were kind of tacked on because they were existing games. No, this um, one was really good though. Yeah, with with New Blood, it was everything was made for the Wii, and it turned out to be a much better game for that. Mm-hmm. And the final game to round out 2007 Night's Journey of Dream or Journey of Dreams. I have it written down as just one dream. I think it's multiple. <laughs> yeah, okay, it is. So I never got this game because no one ever explained to me what the fuck it is. I would I, at first I just want to clarify it is it is plural dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Okay. Now I understand. What yeah, it's exactly. it's not just one dream; it's multiple dreams. It's when um, is- it's like the best version of Superman sixty four. Yeah. Um. You fly through rings as this weird little Harlequin guy. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that there are different levels, um, where you play as children, and those elements are terrible. Yep. Wait, that's it? You fly through rings? Yeah. And it's like, like a it's, beloved cult series? But like it's flying through the rings is fun. It's hard to explain because yeah. when, when when someone like around when this came out, I was like, oh, nice. I've heard that's so great. And I talked to someone who was like a big fan of the game and they explained it to me. I'm like, that. how the hell is that fun? Um, and then I, I played Nights on Saturn and I played Nights Journey of Dreams and those parts of the game are really fun. I can't really explain adequately as to why they are. Just trust me on this one. Yeah. But everything everything where you control these two children, I think they're siblings or something, where you're just like running around, I don't know. Not dreaming? Yeah, yeah, you're not dreaming because you need to turn into knights in order to to go on your journey of dreams. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, as long as the lore is sound. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they're still on their journey of dreams because I don't think we're ever going to see another knights game. I might I might go to sleep tonight and have another journey of dreams. I uh I don't think I ever finished Journey of Dreams, but I know I know I didn't. I, I get annoyed by playing as the dumb kids. Yeah, I do I did like the original Knights. That's the only Sega Saturn game I've ever played. Well, I think that that might that might just about do it for this this second episode, the 2007 episode of the Weander Years. Uh, if you had to pick a favorite game from 2007, what would it be? Uh, I think Super Paper Mario. But Link's Crossbow Training would be up there. Matt? Uh, definitely Mario Galaxy. I think if... I mean, Galaxy is, is the number one, but I guess two other games that I kind of want to call attention to... Mario Strikers Charge and WarioWare. Um, yeah. Those yeah. are, I think, kind of unsung Wii games. 
that if you then I think even if you've never checked them out, they'd still be worth going back to even today. I think yeah, my, my two that I would call out other than Galaxy would be Resident Evil 4 and uh, Metroid Prime 3. Both very, very good games. three games? Yeah. Don't got games. Am I supposed to get two games? Wow. I see how it is. I mean, I mean, you can add more games if you want to. <laughs> I'm just going to read through the whole list here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, check out Zack and Wiki if you like old adventure games or Captain Toad. Um... It's probably really cheap. Yeah. But yeah, um, Adam and Matt, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having us. It was we under full. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. And now, uh, as as I think will always be the closing credits for the show, uh, on to We Shop Bling. Thanks for watching. Listening. You used to call me on my You used to, you used to Yeah You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love hey, I know when your hotline bling That can only mean one thing Since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself, God. Everybody knows and I feel left, God. Girl, you got me down, you got me stressed, God. Cause ever since I left the city, you.